0: French.
1: What's going on? How are you, savages? Welcome to another episode of the podcast. Good to have you guys here. It is I, Papa Jeff. Daddy Jeff. Daddy Savage. The one, the only. Your father, your mother, your brother, your sister, your learner, your, your teacher. It sounds like your enemy, Chinatown. <laughs> That's it. I'm going to be your number 52 with extra, extra rice. Um, I'm also here to bring you the finest purveyors of comedy, the, uh, the peddlers of Mirth if you will. Um, I can only do that because of your support at patreon.com forward slash Savage Snowflake. If you want to donate as little as $1 a month, head over there, become a friend of the podcast. I really would appreciate you. I'll send you dick pics, whatever you need. Butthole pics, if you go whole, 5 bucks a month. 20 bucks a month, I'll show you the inside of me with an endoscope. It's going to be great. Thanks very much, of course, to our podcast sponsors as well. We've got Manscape.com. Uh, if you are a suit gentleman like me, you want to keep your downstairs tidy. yeah? Don't let your basement get a little bit overgrown. Trim it down, keep it fresh, keep it nice. Adds an extra inch, gents. And let's be honest, some of us desperately need that extra inch. Uh, On top of that, you'll never nick yourself. It's got Skinscape technology, so uh, only one side of the blades are metal. The other one is a patented material. You'll never cut your nick uh, or nick your balls in any way, shape, or form. Um, Also, use code SAVAGE. You get 20% off all products. You're going to get a free, beautiful leather travel bag and free shipping on every order. Code Savage, And of course, boundless tech as well. The finest purveyors of vaping technology. If, like me, you like to smoke a little drugs every now and then, it's all right, they're legal in this state, it's fine. Then you can do so. But don't burn them, don't get the carcinogens, don't ruin the taste by setting it alight. Instead, vape it. Use the Terra, the CF710, or any of their other incredible range of products, and you will get all of those beautiful terpenes, all those beautiful flavours, all those right cannabinoid levels that you want with the right heating as well. Uh, battery life incredible. It's perfect. Check it out. Boundless Tech, BNDLSTech.com. Use code SAVAGE for 25% off all of their wonderful merchandise. Okay, there we go. That's all the shout-outs into the podcast now. Joining me today, the most relaxed-looking guest I think I've ever had.
2: First of all, I just want to say... That product you mentioned is not for me because the I lawnmower
1: bl- 2.0. It's a trim the I elbows. I like
2: nicks and cuts on my balls. And ah, then, and then I put a little bit of uh, like after shave, a little cologne, kosher salt. Surely a little and kosher then, salt uh, and just uh, rub it into the wounds. What? Are you That's crazy shit. Yeah, no, no, no. Just a little, little, just stuff you find in the bathroom. A little right? ointment. Yeah, and then I like to sting for hours, scream, Just yeah. scream. Because I also like brain freeze. I love when you when you, you, you get that. You know you soak up a I can't show if you're being like, serious now at I'm first, being 100% I, serious at first I thought it was a,
1: uh, a bit I'm and being 100%, 100% be like, serious and now I'm genuinely considering he, that Paul Provenzo by the way my guest today um I love a brain comics freeze. comic legends living <laughs> legends
2: <laughs> oh that is that is such a. Uh, I, I, is that I, a nice I, thing to hear or is that I, I, does that uh, just say old to you I, I feel <laughs> I feel a need to say your words not mine um, it's yeah. not just
1: my words. A lot of people <laughs> consider you a, leg- a living legend of comedy. You've done some uh, pretty I, epic things over the course of your career.
2: Well, that's 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 very kind to hear and I got to be honest with you that at some point in my career in comedy, yeah. I said to myself, all I care about is the respect of other Comedians and artists.
1: That's a terrible. That's that's you. You'd be infinitely more successful if you didn't have that outlook. You are <laughs> you
2: are a thousand million gajillion percent correct. <laughs> yeah.
1: Can you can you pay your rent with respect points?
2: Well, that's the thing. You know, <laughs> I put away a little uh, bank. I think,
1: I think you'll find my rent doesn't go up next month because i am a living legend <laughs> yeah yeah that, i have the paperwork
2: yeah. and i'm sorry how much is the subway isn't it um, funny because
1: this is what we we're talking about before we started recording today kinda. we talked a, b- a bit about every facet of the industry and and just enjoying the fact that it, it you can work you can do some very prolific things and it can i ha- have no effect or you can do some very mundane things within it and all of a sudden you're uh, right you're know, selling is, out it, madison square garden it
2: ultimately is you know a uh a lottery uh um I mean, we were talking about this before that we both know countless people uh, who are talented and smart and, and terrific at what they do. And some of them may, are making an okay living, you know, but there's there's more, far more by the thousands of people who should be at the highest levels of, sure. the, of their careers.
1: But they're still uh, kind of living month to month.
2: Right. Now, that doesn't mean that the people who are... Um, you know, celebrated that way don't deserve it either. A lot of them are really fucking amazing. Yeah. You know? Uh, um, but...
1: I mean, Larry the Cable Guy, let's be honest. I mean, come on. It's, it's just it's highbrow well, fuck humor. You, man.
2: <laughs> fuck you, man. That guy is hilarious. Is he funny? I've said.
1: actually... You know what? Never seen him.
2: He's hilarious.
1: Is he good? He's hilarious. Um you, think- you,
2: you either get on the train or you don't. It's like Carrot Top. Okay, yeah, people, yeah, yeah. When people, you know, give Carrot Top shit, I'm like fuck you, if you're the kind of person that likes that kind of stuff and finds it funny and I think it's a little churlish not to, yeah, um he's amazing at yeah yeah, it. yeah, so it's like oh, bear in <clears> mind,
1: <throat> I'm also the kind of person i i i I understand the subjective nature of art, you know so if if someone goes to me, oh, you know blah blah blah, and I don't like that comedian, I've seen him, and I don't enjoy what they do, but they're they're making a room full of people laugh. Yeah. I will always say they're very funny. It's not my particular humor. It's not my taste, but they're very funny. So yeah, I'm I mean, sure Larry you know, the Cable Guy, to be as big as he is, he must be good at what he does. He's really funny. But isn't it the kind of shit I feel like I've never seen And you it, know and it's I a character, like, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah I of mean, course, you know, yeah. Well, so, it's like Dice Clay, right? So,
2: yes, except except Larry the Cable Guy is, is you know, really not in the least bit inflammatory. I okay. mean, he's just... Being a funny comedian. Oh, okay. You know, a- Andrew Dice Clay chose a character. So he's not that-
1: divisive. His comedy's not because not. looks Because no. he, he looks like a hillbilly southern redneck. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, but,
2: you know. You're like, oh, oh is he going to th- be out there going, hey, man, Do you think you know, everybody you a looks- black guy, now he ev- comes over and you're Do like, you get think the that- gun, honey. Do you think that everybody who looks like that is that person?
1: <laughs> like 97% of them. Yeah, maybe. that's not true.
2: No? No. It was so much easier to believe that that's not true that's the great thing about doing comedy you know, but everyone who wears world, skinny
1: jeans and has glasses and you know haircuts they're all Russell all, we're, Brown. yeah we're all soft they're flouncy Russell wankers Brown. and that's a true generalization as no, well
2: no it isn't shut up
1: yeah it is come on man come on we're all, we're all categorized by how fucking obvious we are we're,
2: we're, sure we are we're all projecting way, something we all choose to project something whatever and sometimes we're projecting who we are but being judged
1: for it I didn't realize we get this deep seven minutes in
2: I don't even like what we're talking about <laughs> I don't why are we talking about this i'll tell you why that marijuana blunt was a work of art it took you like 20 minutes you, yeah. you had little scissors you were doing like but tricks. it was nicely rolled isn't it it was a work of art
1: thank you man i've got really good at them
2: <laughs> at
1: least if i die like in the next few years people will be like all right well he did all right in his career all right but he rolled a fucking mean blunt mate did you see that
2: i think that's wow. a, that's a fine uh, epitaph
1: <laughs> he was pretty good at what he did with those think, blunts. And you puff. know what?
2: Shared them with everybody.
1: Yeah, yeah. I do like giving weed to people.
2: That's the thing about um, marijuana. <laughs> you know, that's the thing about marijuana. Is that right? like, like if you if you experience a marijuana culture, and that could be everything from you know having a couple of edibles now and then to you know you yeah, uh, yeah, with yeah. a serious problem. No. Um, <laughs> uh, uh, um, if you experience that, what you walk away with is like like everybody just wants to share. Yeah, like nobody's hoarding Do you marijuana. Find that?
1: Do you find? Oh, share marijuana. Yeah, yeah, and they
2: want and they want to share the vibe, and they yeah. want to share. You know, they want to chill. They want to. They're not looking for conflict.
1: It is quite nice. It's not the kind of drug where going like, you know, oh yeah, yeah, I have some man. That's that's like a nice. Th- it feels good to give a couple of tokes of your weed away. Yeah, so it's it like sharing people, yeah. a good meal. Whereas cocaine is the kind of drug that makes people go, yeah.
2: ah! <laughs> you no, know It's mean? yeah. is mine. Yeah, it's a, a big. Yeah. You know, it's a, it's just interesting. It's just yeah, interesting. Yeah. And I came to marijuana very late in life. I was forty the first time I smoked pot. Really? Yep.
1: Fuck, man! I can't even imagine you as like. And a I super, came up in the fucking
2: seventies and eighties. I was going to say, I was like, in I high see school. As
1: like a big acid guy and mushrooms guy. I I, like, never did any. Ah, yeah, really? Mm-hmm.
2: Never did any of it. Never to, to this day, I've never tried. Is that cocaine. because what?
1: Because you had religious parents? What, or, no, or not no. at
2: all. What it was was, I became a comedian at the age of sixteen. By seventeen I was a regular at the improv and I was making beer money. Yeah. Doing comedy. And I was around a lot of drunks all the time. Yeah. yeah. So it really turned me off alcohol. Mm-hmm. And I didn't really have a particular affinity for it. Um I, I would have the experience, absolutely, particularly in the UK um yeah you can't uh,
1: not drink in the uk it's quite difficult but
2: but every time that you know it's been like a it's been almost ritualistic it's like oh, okay i'm gonna do that okay yeah yeah sure. you know not like it just happens. i
1: think that's where i'm at now i didn't have a drink for three months and now it's like if i go to ren fair i'll have a couple of
2: drinks yeah if you can do that great um um so um it was actually um, I did. I never wanted it to be out of control. Okay. I was fucking writing material all the time. I was, my, my eyes were darting back and forth. I was fucking. I was. I was. Yeah, y- I think y- a sober of,
1: comic is always going to be the best comic.
2: Yeah, and I just and just um, you know, if you're taking it seriously, you can't be fucking you know sitting around getting high when you could be going cross town to do another set. Yeah, yeah. You know, um. The thing is that I would end up going home when everybody else did that after. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. I, no, I just never. I didn't judge it or anything like that. It just wasn't. I, I was uh, really really So what really was that focus.
1: first instance where you went? All right, I'm smoking weed today.
2: At at the age of forty. Yeah, <clears throat> I was going through a life crisis. Okay. Experience. Uh, um, Divorce. No, no, no! no. Holy shit! That. I broke you. <laughs> oh, there go. That's alright That's alright I like yeah, before, I before we
1: start recording He went I'll stop touching the mic now And I went Yeah that'd be I great Because otherwise yet, you right? And you've literally The whole time Just been going Yeah Yeah See this is
2: why I never wanted To do cocaine i'm like so fidgety this is me from a blunt yeah yeah. i'm like so fidgety whenever i saw cocaine i was like that's the last thing you know that's why i I don't think something to make me a little more anxious i've
1: never met anyone who is ever more interesting fun or nice on coke (sighs) it's not it's and i've seen a lot of people i've been doing coke with a lot of people
2: crystal meth that's another one that makes you because that's fucking hitler used to give that to his troops crystal meth yeah what a mad lad (laughs) <laughs> yeah, was, all the fucking pilots were all high on crystal meth. Well, fucking that would help, right? Exactly. Kamikaze bombers exactly. and shit. Exactly. I don't know why you want to do that recreationally. Yeah. Not my kind of thing.
1: Yeah, I've never smoked crystal meth. Thank goodness. There's a lot of drugs I've never done, and there's a lot. And now I, all I do is smoke a little weed. That's mm-hmm. it. So,
2: you know. So, I, so around the age of 40, Yeah. I realized that... Um, well,
1: you said you had a crisis. What was the crisis? Uh, just being 40 and and it was like a midlife crisis a bit of a like oh i'm getting older
2: It well yeah i guess kind of not but it wasn't really about getting older that was just the weather around okay. it but, but it wasn't but like was
1: because i got depression so it wasn't like a, a kickstart depression. it was a lot of depression i'm okay.
2: zolofted out of my skull right now yeah yeah for like the past 18 years okay maybe What's more zoloft that's a uh, medication uh, sertraline yes it's a uh, um uh, it's an ssri antidepressant uh, oh really okay yeah um um and i'm not a a, like you know i look at that uh, i'll be taking my antidepressant every day look at the problem with all these people being medicated all the time i fucking no but uh, if it
1: helps you if it helps you to to it's a
2: huge shade of gray that universe you know sure uh any anyhow um um
1: so yeah so you were going through this little period of you know a bit of a low period
2: yeah, yeah, and, um, but I was also, um, uh, how I got out of it is very interesting, which was coming to the UK and meeting people like yourself. There you if go. If that doesn't get me something, I mean, a t-shirt, a cup, something, savage. No, we've got, we have your name on thing. a
1: statue. Now, there's a statue of you in Trafalgar Square. You haven't yeah. seen it? Well, that's a bit much. There's the Paul Provenza podium, and it just has like.
2: Uh, that would have been so much cooler when it was part of Europe. Yeah,
1: yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. Oh God. <laughs> England's going to be an interesting place to go back to. But you're telling me about when you first smoked weed.
2: Yeah, yeah. So at that time in my life, I realized that what had kept me so focused for so long was now sort of out of balance. Right. And it became that I was a bit of a control freak. And I don't mean necessarily in life or in a work situation, although absolutely it emerged I mean, creatively. Yeah. And I was very consciously... Wanting to break down some barriers and free myself and feel not in control, right? And that's ultimately how I was able to make the Aristocrats, yeah. Because I had to completely let go of outcome, yeah, and just enjoy the journey and let it tell me what it was going to be, yeah, for better or worse, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Um, and well, so obviously, I mean,
1: what came off that was an incredibly successful movie. With I feel like in the comedy industry or any fans of comedy it has cult status now. You know this. You had such, yeah, a, for, such a lineup of so many incredible... I know. It was, again, it was, legends of the industry.
2: It ended up being, you know, kind of a document. And, you know, as as it's already been, I think, 16 years. Yeah, uh, yeah. And the rights are all tied up. That's why it hasn't been a re-release or why it's not on Netflix or anything like that. It's, okay. So it's in a legal abyss because of the distributor that went... Uh, the distributor, Think Film, was purchased by a gentleman who had a history of and then proceeded to cannibalize the company... And run it into the ground and sell off assets.
1: So how can you, you can't get back the ownership of this? Here's the
2: thing. So the, um, uh, this guy, by the way, is in prison right now. Okay. For a completely different set of circumstances. Yeah. This is who he was. Uh, And um, anyway, the uh, uh, Think Film ended up being forced into Chapter 11 by some legal mechanism, right? And the court ordered an auction of the company's assets, which included a library, the right, the rights to approximately 450 films. Okay, among them, uh, a bunch of Oscar winners and uh, uh, things like Short Bus, uh, some Lower Poitras stuff, some, uh, um, uh, you know, yeah, quite, a hell of a valuable and important library, right? Um, and then this gentleman, uh, I just forget his name—Bergstein, Bergman—I forget. Anyway, uh, he somehow he got a. What are you trying
1: to say, Paul? Is he was a Jewish chap? <laughs> <laughs>
2: that's not what, I don't I was, know, trying what to, was it. That's fucking not what Bergstein. I was trying to say. But if it happens, it Bergman. happens. It happens. Ice Goldberg, iceberg. What's the difference? Yeah. Um. Um. Uh. What was I saying? Oh, yeah. So, fuck that blunt, man. So, so,
1: um,
2: he got an injunction against the forced auction. Okay. So, it's in this limbo. So, the films and it's are not moving just, one way or the, another.
1: The films will all just sitting there and they can't. Without exactly. proving that you can reclaim some ownership exactly. back from the company, exactly,
2: it, it literally is a limbo. Like, like that's a like, shame.
1: Maybe you should reshoot it. Get see if Netflix uh, would reshoot his uh, Netflix original uh, uh, with you know what? That's another a great genera-
2: idea. When do you start your new job at Netflix with
1: another generation of um, another totally generation of you.
2: comics? Actually, there was a company that I'm uh, serious. Wouldn't I, that be a good? I'm going to tell you the story right now. That as a pitch is pretty interesting. Thanks. Um, but a uh, a company asked uh, to do that. They yeah. wanted to do it as a tenth year anniversary. Okay, um, and um, we couldn't because we th- the rights are in the ether. Right now, but
1: if they're in the ether, then no one's going to be able to sue you for remaking your own film.
2: Does that make sense? Theoretically, like, yeah theoretically
1: who's going to sue you they'd have then they'd have to claim legal ownership of the original what form, i wanted to do which was, could free that
2: up wh- what i suggested was we do we make the deal and then we put into escrow
1: yeah we call it the apostate Yeah, <laughs> i like that yeah.
2: <laughs> um um no we'll go to distance. Call it the aristocats and the really aristocats there you go yeah uh, so, you know, put the money in escrow <clears throat> and then, you know, if somebody, if whoever has a, a right to claim this will, comes out of the woodwork, we'll go, you know what? We, here it is right okay. there. Yeah, you there you go. But, um, uh, from a legal standpoint that gives you exposure and I couldn't, uh, you know, uh, that
1: would expose all your other, all our other nefarious savings. activities, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, they're clearly a cocaine salesman. Clearly importing. You know
2: what? Legal shit it destroys your life. Legal shit destroys your life. Oh yeah, yeah. It's just it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how right you are. Doesn't matter how it all comes out in the end. Have you been on the wrong side of the law before? In tiny little minuscule ways, to just go. Oh, you want to stay as far away from this shit as possible. What, what, What have you done? You ever been arrested? I've never been arrested.
1: Ah, oh, come on, man. That's like,
2: yeah. No, I'm talking about the other. I'm talking about the real bullshit. Like, you know. Legal sh- shit. Yeah. yeah like, yeah. you know, uh, suing Liableness someone. and all or that being stuff. Being yeah, sued yeah, yeah, yeah. or, you know. Little t- yeah, t- that's a nice. Like, an- I took, I, I mean, I, like I've taken people to small claims court.
1: Well, I had to I had to issue cease and desist to a couple of people. A couple of crazy fucking uh, obsessive girls that were, you know, pretty fucking mental. So that was that was the most experience I've had with it. But I don't trust, but I've been arrested in this country and locked up in the New York. I got thrown in the tombs under the New York County. Court. Get out
2: of town. You were in the tombs.
1: Yeah. No shit. And you lived to tell about it. I lived to tell a tale. I slept on, you know, my peanut butter and jelly sandwich like all the other guys, all the, all the OGs in there. It was it was interesting. Wow. But that's because a girl, I was out with two girls and there was a, a little guy at a bar, but stock, real stocky. And he grabbed one of the girls, and she was like, what the fuck are you doing? And I was like, dude, leave her alone. What are you going to do? I'll knock you the fuck out. And he was like, oh, okay, well, oh, man, I'm sorry. I'm just a bit high. And he fucks off. And then 20 minutes later, I feel a tap on my shoulder, turn around, and he smacks me in the face. And so I opened his fucking head up, and then the police arrived, and because he came off a lot worse, they immediately put me in handcuffs. I was like, look at the CCTV. Talk to the bartender. Talk to the witnesses in here, all of whom saw him hit me. So
2: you were in the tombs, like, overnight?
1: I was in there for, like, yeah, tw- uh, 36 hours or something. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah, and then they released me, they finally got all that evidence and then they released me, but then they locked my file so now, because I was a victim of a crime, they went, declined to prosecute we're closing the file, but they don't expunge them in New York, so the file was locked, so then I had to get global entries, even to get in the fucking country, because every time I flew in they were like, well you could be a terrorist you could be a pedophile, you could be, any of these things could have that file locked. I'm like, oh, how about a victim of a crime? They're like, well yeah, that, once we unlock it, we can see that, but Until then, we have to keep pulling you in to Border Patrol to check out. I'm like, fucking cunts. You better become
2: successful here. Yeah, man. You paid your dues, man.
1: Yeah, I fucking Um, hate. I hate so much about the bureaucracy of this country. But I love the country. And I love a lot of the people.
2: In spite of of, the country. In spite of
1: thinking that everyone who dresses like Larry the Cable guy is a fucking redneck.
2: You know? Here's the deal. Uh, no, this is a funny story. You'll appreciate this. this, this I don't is think how-
1: we. I. I. am gonna say right now. I reckon we won't even finish the story. We don't finish stories. We ha- we've started six different trains of thought so far. <laughs>
2: Since I got here an hour ago,
1: <laughs> and we have not. I don't remember, to remember a liking you this much. Won. Oh man, thanks. That's.
2: That's. I mean, where did we meet? Did we meet in Edinburgh?
1: We met in Edinburgh. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, we met in Edinburgh Fringe Festival, maybe quite a few years ago now. It might. By be the way,
2: there. that's the result of me smoking pot
1: at forty. What going in Sandhamer Fringe Festival?
2: Yeah, in terms of turning a corner and becoming, you know, my journey is. I romanticize it by like, you know, I kind of had my own little George Carlin experience where he went from, you know, this his was more extreme and yeah. and, and almost more literal, but you know, he went from the skinny tie suit guy yep, doing yep, yep. the wacky zany to, to being hippie and becoming line, George yeah. Carlin, you know. Uh, um, Well, I think
1: he became George Carlin in his final... His really final Twilight years was George Carlin. I don't think he'd ever
2: stop being George Carlin. If he were alive now, he'd still be becoming George Carlin.
1: You're sure? Uh, No, yes, okay. I I appreciate what you're saying. Yeah, you're right. Um, But what I mean is the the version of George Carlin that is in my mind, maybe, is... Black t-shirt, old man really knows who he is. Not trying to be too divisive to That's be noticed George and be wrong, and not being uh, not being straight in any way or moderating what he says. But he's just just a like a just the wise oracle of humor. Yeah, yeah, and you know what? That's the George Carlin kind of thing. thing. Yeah.
2: Doesn't give a fuck what you think. Yeah,
1: he doesn't, does he? Yeah, yeah.
2: it's awesome. It's great. Yeah. There's one. There was you, a little. Did you have,
1: have a friendship with George Carlin? I
2: I, I did for. Um,
1: during Creamer, Room the last the last so he around for the that? last part of his life
2: yeah um, uh, he had been aware of me yeah which is was awesome yeah uh, which was why when uh, when Pan and I started doing The Aristocrats um Penn called Carlin yeah because obviously you know there's no question he'd pick up for Penn. and they caught up a bit that is Pen me, and Teller Pen. yes okay uh Gillette um uh and as soon as George heard the idea, he was like, I'm in, you know? He's like, hey, let me schedule this for about a month from now because I got stuff in notebooks that I want to look at. I've, do- I've thought about this joke a lot. Yeah. And we were like, ja! <laughs> and, uh yeah, And so, you know, from that moment on, we had a bit of a friendship. Nice. Yeah, uh, and it, as I said, he knew of me, which I was... And like, he was really all sober laughing, then, wasn't he? Yeah, he, used to, he was... Um, yeah.
1: Because I know he had a, I mean, i read if He's his, dealing I, with
2: heart problems. Oh, know, well, there you go. I mean, so, his, he, so he was he still on, heart he was still on the prescription the medication.
1: Extent. Because I was, I was looking, I read his um, pseudo autobiography. Right. Yeah, uh, Last Words. <clears throat> where his, you know, the conversations he had with his friend, his yeah. author friend who wrote them all. Tony Hendry. Yeah. Oh, is that who it was? Tony Hendry? Yeah, it's great. It's a wonderful book. It's wonderful. In fact, two of my favorite books I've ever read in my entire life is the George Carlin um, Final Words and uh, Born Standing Up by Steve Martin the two You're of, the, up two of the great and you know what i just got um a copy of in fact i had him on as a guest the uh, author of the greg Giroudo biography oh cool yeah i have um cuz i you know donated money to help get it started and then you know wanted to promote it a bit and i'm excited to read that i think
2: um um uh, let me add to your list of uh, uh in addition to last words you should read kelly carlins uh uh kelly carlins uh
1: his daughter yeah 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 okay it's called
2: um, um, a Carlin home companion, growing up with George. Okay, and it's her story. Nice. So
1: you get to witness his. It's one. Progression I, I had I the I had a good of fortune of
2: of of working with her on developing and directing her solo show. So she's a comic as well. No. Oh, um, a one woman show kind of. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yes. She is a storyteller. She's also she's a Jungian psychologist. Okay. Uh, um, she practiced for a little while. Uh, her, isn't that funny? Life that the child, the child of a stand a
1: comic would become a psychologist. That right, makes sense. Yeah, that makes yeah. sense.
2: <laughs> anyway, I don't want to. Um, um, her book is wonderful, and um, and it's called Carlin Home Companion. A Carlin Home Companion. Okay, yeah,
1: yeah. yeah I'll, I'll definitely read that. I'll add it to the list. I've got a nice list of books. On um, there.
2: um, um, you know what else is a great book for comics to read? Uh Gasping for Airtime by Jay Moore. Okay. It's the story of his time at Saturday Night, Night, Saturday Night Live. Yeah, yeah. And uh, there was a particular controversy in that time. I'm going to get this. Don't don't fucking don't Dang, be there my is. dad.
1: There it, no, it's all right. I'm just watching you just playing with the microphone stand <laughs> and the wires... Constantly okay, I'm good. The, we're good as long as you don't. Touch I do have a little this, OCD by the come way. out. We're all good. As I long do as you have don't a little OCD, the OCD the front, by the way, which yeah,
2: is I which the Zoloft helps with. Here we go. So you can imagine. Again, yeah, go. Good thing I didn't do cocaine. Oh, we got it. Uh, "Gasping for <laughs> Airtime" by Jay Moore. It's about his experience uh, writing on Saturday Night Live and performing yeah. on Saturday Night Live, and um, he tells a story in it when he um, he does this, uh, He does something on the show. Yeah. And it turns out that it was a Rick Shapiro bit. And Rick Shapiro contacted Saturday Night Live and Lauren Michaels and, and Jay got called on the carpet for it. And he talks about this entire experience, owns everything. His, the, his approach, but his explanation as to how it happened yeah. is fascinating because it's show business. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Rick Shapiro, there's a character. Rick Shapiro. Are you still friends with Rick? Him.
2: Yes, although he, uh, you know, is he he's, still friends with you? Y- yeah, man. You Rick
1: understand? Is, you understand why I asked that? Y- yes, of course. I saw Rick recently.
2: I, I can't I always talk to Rick. I can't. It's hard to understand him. He's, a, I mean, he's a very sick man right now. Yeah, uh, um, and all that sort of stuff. But um, uh, I, we're we're soulmates. Yeah, I, I, I love, don't get me I wrong. Love I, love,
1: I love Rick. I made friends with him at Edinburgh, and we stayed friends. And then, you know, I was friends with him and Tracy. And but it's like the last few times I've spoken to him, he's very much like, "Hey man, I miss you. I miss you. I miss you. I miss you, man. I love you." And blah blah blah. blah. All those nice things he says to people. And then, as soon as you go, "Hey, what's going on with this thing?" Or you're like, you know, asking him what's, you know, you're trying to actually genuinely care for his his welfare. He can become incredibly aggressive and nasty immediately. And you know, oh man, you're part of the system. Yeah, man, you're no, fucking. No. It. And I'm like, dude, you gotta, you gotta chill on that. Otherwise, you have no, no one left to no, care. No,
2: you don't understand. It's a, it's he's not well right now. I know. I understand. The oh, meds, I understand that. <laughs> the meds are you know. know depending on where he's at in the med cycle is is kind of a different Rick.
1: Absolutely. Get yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Um, well, um, I mean, look, we just saw it out here with you know with Brody But Stevens you know what, that
2: motherfucker is Charles Bukowski. Yeah. He's an artist. Of, yeah, he of, is. Of, of he really very is. Very particular stripe. And I mean I have been mesmerized and blown away by Rick. Me as too. many yeah. times as I've been like, Oh my God, how can I help you? I know? remember
1: I think I probably saw the last Edinburgh show that he did that was where he was really he was he just he'd ha- he was recovering from the you know, from the the, the coma he went into. Right, right. right. But right. he was uh you know, compass mentis, he was he had a slight stutter, but he could get his sentences out and he did a really Cool one-hour show, man. It yeah. was fucking dope, and it wasn't. There wasn't a lot of people in the audience. It was a very small turnout for the particular show I went to, but it didn't matter. He went fucking through it, not just metaphorically, like literally, pages of concepts and jokes, and stuff like being yeah. thrown in the air, all over the place, and they're just a pile of paper around him. But it was fucking hilarious. Like, yeah, you know, he's watching like, a master of work. He,
2: and he's a, he's a real jazz cat. I mean, it's yeah. like, you know, not every performance is the definitive, you know, rendition by, yeah. a, by a real jazz cat, you know. but also, like you, know, watch, you watch Rick over a period of time and you start to see really the art is kind of in the, just watching this.
1: Yeah, part of the, part of the art is the lunacy on yeah, it as well. Yeah,
2: yeah it's like, there's a certain, you know, it's like Daniel Johnston. You know, I don't know yeah. who Daniel, Daniel is. Johnston is. Daniel Johnston is an absolutely brilliant uh, singer-songwriter okay. uh, who suffers from a great, uh, I'm not sure exactly what it is, but it's something on the autism spectrum okay. or yeah, yeah, yeah. further on, whatever. Oh, he's a stand-up as well. No, 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 no. He's a singer. <laughs> oh, you got me. There we go. Um, uh, um, and uh, his work is informed by that, yeah. which makes it completely unique. Yeah, and it's wonderful, and that's that's Rick, man. You know, I
1: think he's absolutely brilliant. I I do. My only struggle is, um, and you know, I'm not I'm not going to talk about Rick too much. So, you know, I apologize. I, I don't fuck don't Rick wanna... Shapiro. Uh, no, I mean we're both in complete agreement that he's that we love him and he's a wonderful man and also an incredibly talented. Um, Visionary.
2: in that in that special way man. Right? he's like, exactly, he's like yeah. really like Bukowski kind of thing. Um, it just fucking snaps out. But know?
1: I do I did have to hit a point especially once I myself addressed the way that I escape from sadness or depression or I used to escape from it.
2: It's not these blunts mostly, these blunts are Well, that's right. what I'm saying,
1: it was mostly through drinking drink drinking and drug taking. Oh, and I also see. promiscuity, you know, fucking around a lot. But any distraction. But um having got control and like not not drinking now you know or when I do it's once every three months you know and um, generally like I don't touch any drugs apart from smoking a little weed in the evenings or whatever you know I feel in a good place but I had to look at it and go all right there's certain friends I have in my life certain people in my life who are addicts as well who have real problems and my addiction is to escape from the sadness that I felt and escape from that depression now that I've implemented some really clever good simplistic things like sunshine regular exercise a better diet cutting oh, down mean the those drinking. mysterious secrets I know exactly <laughs> I know but isn't it, it they're, 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 they're glaringly obvious secrets until you fucking yeah, it work, actually right. put them We're into practice in a,
2: it's just a sick as fuck society exactly. but until just you stop didn't...
1: benefit from them but you know or, or medication or something that helps balance you out whatever yeah. you need to do is whatever what you, you need man no whatever you need to do is I great I know man but then what I am saying is that <laughs> Having got to a place where I feel like I have a good good control over that, I have to look at people like even Rick, someone who I do care about and love, or someone we were talking about earlier, like Russell Brand, who is an addict and has gone through his 12 steps many, many times. He's not a man who I bear any love for because of my personal dealings with him that have been less than savoury. you know. Um, But both those guys, I go, well, there's a reason why they can flip from I care about you and I'm supportive and I'm actually genuinely being a good, heartfelt person to go fuck yourself I hate you and if you don't get me then you fucking you're part of the problem kind of attitude and that's addiction that's, that's the, the, the the complete 180 psychologically of an addict which I realise I don't have that I don't tell you that I'm your friend and I got your back but then when I'm fucked up I go I fucking hate you piece of shit I would never do that whereas both those guys have done that in different ways and, um, and with Rick the only difference is that I still love Rick even when he does that but I don't I don't want to encourage that hurt as well does that make sense you know yeah sure because sure. it hurts more from someone when you think they should be able to empathize with you and understand that you're the same in yeah. some ways I, I
2: i think it's an important um uh compassion to remember at all times that he's not exactly tethered to the earth yeah yeah <laughs> yeah yeah kind of got to give him a lot of leeway <laughs> no you're right you're right
1: and also look you have you have um you know a few years on me in terms of your wisdom your experiences so I imagine you view those things calmer and less, you're, you're less hypersensitive. I'm a very hypersensitive person. You See?
2: Know. Zoloft.
1: <laughs> that would kill me caring about anything.
2: Whatever I do, if I ever do another fucking podcast, if Zoloft doesn't sponsor it, they're crazy. <laughs>
1: I mean, I think you could get Zoloft sponsorship. I, that would be I, great. Yeah, you could call it the Medicated Podcast or something like that. It's (laughs) sponsored by Get Zoloft and then get a weed sponsor.
2: And that's it. SSRI with PP.
1: Yeah, there you go. (laughs) I like that. Um, (laughs) It's really funny. It is funny. (laughs) There you go. See, maybe you should start it. You've got a nice voice for it as well. You're an
2: entrepreneur and a venture capitalist. Why don't you
1: start this for me? Uh, You can record it here if you want, mate. You can just come over here with your friends and I'll click... Record and then upload now. it for I can you.
2: record anywhere. I don't need all this fancy gear. Oh, all right. Well, then do it yourself, you lazy <laughs> uh, cunt. I find, <laughs> I, I find knowing all the tools that you have at your disposal to work with to make your life easier, tools. I feel like there's, it's not it's not I teach myself. Like we said earlier, again,
1: we had a really good conversation before we even started the podcast. Um, but these days, it's not enough. It doesn't matter whether you're – how old are you actually? Sixty-one. It doesn't matter whether you're 61 or 35 or fucking 21 fresh in the industry. You now have to teach yourself. You're not yeah. just a comic <laughs> anymore. You have to be a producer, a brand manager, a social media, PR a writer, expert, a writer, writer a, a director, a social media,
2: the, a manager. You I know? don't know. What, what is that industry? Brand social ambassador, media, influencer, yeah. influencer. Or yeah. I mean, ah, you have to have
1: a really thick booty and a lot of different thongs.
2: I got into comedy just to tell a couple of jokes and make some people man. laugh. <laughs> it's so hard these days, man. <laughs> it's unbelievable. Boy. Do
1: you do you like comedy now? Do you like how comedy is in the industry of comedy?
2: I, I this is without a doubt. This is a, like like the Cambrian period of comedy. The Cambrian explosion. You have to tell me, me what comedy. that means.
1: I don't understand that phrase. The Cambrian. Okay, I'm I was, assuming that means something exciting and f- well big i was and,
2: hoping that you wouldn't stop me on that and that you'd bluff your way through not knowing that nope. i didn't know if i don't understand
1: this. something or if i don't know what i always ask because it's, uh, i think uh, that shows more more it. wisdom <laughs> than to uh, pretend like i know
2: the cambrian period was a time when uh suddenly there was an explosion of species oh wow okay on on the, the planet i i i believe okay that's I, cool i smoke a lot of pot
1: lately so so you've been watching a lot of Planet Earth and-
2: Yes, but also I don't... Just I, I, like the Cambrian period. The, the, the Cambrian can be a word. species. Cambrian might be a Bastard word that I heard on a documentary about the Vikings. From both ocean. And I moved it over to this planet danger. thing. Um, and <laughs>
1: I like how I let you just carry on talking whilst I just carried on doing my character. I was talk to each other. And you know what? Someone's going to take that second
2: clip. I thought to myself, fuck Cook and Moore, man. <laughs> this you know, is it right here. This is right here. This is, this, this is what they did. Yeah. Except we're not that good. Oh, wait. So
1: are we talking about, we talking about um, uh, what's it called? Um, Peter Cook and it? No. What was Derek the album called? Eric, Derek and
2: Clive. Derek and Clive.
1: Dude, I've been looking for someone to do a Derek and Clive esque piece. Who can do lots of voices, oh, lots of characters, God, and improvise. Are you into that?
2: Yes, 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 Oh, yes, I would yes. like, I would absolutely. An homage to Derek and Clark. Yeah, 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 fuck
1: yeah. What, uh, what we just we get it? high, and then we just improvise characters, sk- little skits and scenes. Uh,
2: uh, I'm sorry? How good your voices? Uh, 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 no, uh, this is a job for Rick Overton. Who's Rick Overton? Oh, my fucking God. No, he's a comic, right? Oh my God! All
1: right, hey, I'm acknowledging that I don't know everyone out there. I'm, I'm not criticizing you. I'm not criticizing you. But he's a, you. a big talent. I should know about.
2: Rick is one of the most incredible comic minds I've ever known, and I'm not alone in feeling that. Um, um, but he's never gotten traction either. Okay. He's never quite. I don't got know the, the name. Thing. I certainly know his yeah. name, but I'm not. Like, I not When I say never gotten sure traction, he's on the
1: wall at the comedy store. When right? I yeah.
2: say never gotten traction, what I mean is, you know, that's why he's not. You know, setting uh, out. Madison Steve Square Martin, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, but I mean, you would recognize him immediately because he does character acting in a million movies. Okay. He's in a million movies. He's in Groundhog Day. Uh, you know, a couple of really beautiful scenes in Groundhog Day. Uh, um, but his stand-up is absolutely extraordinary. He's an amazing, inventive, up right unpredictable.
1: Uh... Oh, there? yeah, nice chap. I recognize his face, yeah. Yeah. Wow, he's been around for a while, Rick,
2: right? Rick is the Fort Knox of comedy.
1: Jesus, yeah. He was, he's been doing this stuff for a while. He's one of those. You, know those. you know those actors? There's nothing he can't do. You know those actors in Hollywood that you look at their IMDb page and you sort of, you know them from, you go, God, what, were, what were they in? I've seen them in about four or five movies. And you look at their IMDb page and it's like 700 films. Uh-huh. And they've been in everything <laughs> That's as Rick, like yeah. the flight control tower yeah. controller right. or, uh, or, you know, angry man on the bus or, uh, you know, um, uh, bouncer at the club, or whatever, and and it's like they've always had speaking parts. They're always a smaller character, supporting character, but they're in everything. He looks like one of those guys. Yeah, yeah, that's dope. All right, okay. Yeah, he's great. So you don't want to do? We it just then.
2: did a pilot recently. A friend of ours, Mark uh, um Is this
1: the project you were telling me about before? You said you got a project
2: on right now. No, no, no. But we we went and shot this this pilot it's about these two um, uh, formerly successful shock jocks. Okay. Trying to come back, you know, after having been ostracized and having to come back and compete in that world, and get it, they get into the world of, yeah, yeah, they get in the world of podcasting and all. But they're like, you know, their ideas of what's edgy are, are really you know, <laughs> outdated. So, so um, uh, we did it together, and we, you know, got a, 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 within the the script we had a chance to you know improvise pages and pages and stuff and it was just like really oh i'm getting down in the in the playground with this you know in the the sandbox it's so fun and you know it just you realize you go like holy shit i'm like really proud of about six things i just did there yeah and they're all because of rick yeah you know it's that kind of thing he leads you into it nice oh my thing. god he just gives you the most fertile territory and, and, set and, and up. he's a sad and, guy and there's nothing you can do that he can't pick up and run with like so that. you can't fuck up
1: so is he an improv guy that was his background was he it? was
2: robin williams favorite improv partner?
1: oh fuck me Wow. We used okay. to get up
2: on stage all the time together
1: robin williams that's sad as well and there's been so many fucking legends lately but then that's how it is every year is going to be more people dying right it's the only guarantee we have. We're all going to die, Paul.
2: <laughs> we'll be back with more right after this from <laughs> Make Zoloft. Make sure you
1: check out Boundless Tech. Uh, smoke See? some weed. You might be happier totally.
2: than me. Shave your balls. Totally should get Zoloft to sponsor a fucking podcast. Yeah. <sighs> Zoloft I, I could talk Zolofty. that Shkreli guy into
1: it. Zolofty Opinions. Oh, my God.
2: That's genius. Thanks. Holy shit, where did you come up with this talent? There you go. Um uh, I was very shocked to find out today that you were a successful television presenter before you started doing stand-up comedy. Yeah. And then
1: I gave it up to go and do stand up. And then I also sort of moved away from TV to support my my then girlfriend in her stand-up career and to help out more because she was a single mother, uh, who's now Catherine Ryan. She's Catherine Ryan. Oh, who's incredibly successful in the UK. I know. Um, I, I, was I was at
2: a 9/11. I was at a nine eleven party at her home with uh, Wade.
1: Oh wow! Long time ago. Wow! Uh-huh. Wow! Wow! Yeah! 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 yeah. Well, Wade's yeah, a was fucking. A cake and he's everything. a creepy. It was her, really
2: dark. Her ex-husband was, really
1: was a creepy dark. fuck, and I, he's he's a questionable guy. He's morally and ethically, I don't like who he is. Wow. See now, she, I am,
2: I'm I'm checking out of this conversation.
1: Okay, you're friends still friends. I don't.
2: I have. I don't know. But That's Feel okay. free to talk. This is all information to me.
1: Um. Well, I mean, he was the kind of guy who set up um um businesses small yeah. businesses to pay himself a wage through these small businesses and then would close those small businesses. So when he had to declare taxes, he would show that he didn't earn much. So then he ha- wouldn't have to pay any child support. So That's, this, that, this is, is all, this is all, this is all what my ex told me me, what Catherine something. told me. Let about me tell him, you yeah? something. Yeah.
2: This is presidential material, my friend. Yeah. This guy could run the country.
1: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I know. I know. I <laughs> know. I know. He's a businessman huge opportunities Um, and then and then Catherine uh, turned out to be a lunatic as well because you know she told me when we were together if we ever broke up I would have to make you the most hated man in the world so that I could get over you because I love you so much I was like that's funny thinking she was joking and then when we broke up she just ruined tried to ruin my career in England she went after me she did some tabloid uh, news article and said oh I just told him some stand up material it wasn't even about you it was about Wade I'm like it has a photo of me holding your child on a red carpet event and then it says comedian Catherine Ryan it was called comic two timing it was all like bullshit so she you know made these stand up stories they printed it as like a tabloid piece and then after that she just tried to make me the most hated man so she shit talks me to everyone who'll listen she got new breasts I found out recently someone said have you ever seen this and there's a little um, video where she says that she got new implants after we broke up so that so that I would never have seen her tits. Her new tits. Isn't that mental? Isn't that like certifiably fucking insane? I'm going to get a new set of breast implants. So that my ex-partner has never seen my new silicone tits.
2: This is like... like if Isn't that crazy? If you wrote this in a script... If you wrote this in a script...
1: You'd be like, nah, that's too far-fetched. Or it'd be the greatest thing in the world. It's like an Arrested Development storyline. It's just fucking mental. And anyway, so a friend, a friend sent me the clip and was like, this is, I, I, I can see, she's, she, she's clearly over you, dude. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's, it's funny because I, I look at it and I go, wow, that's the only thing that came out of that relationship that was very sad. I'm going to just spin that so we can definitely hear you. The only thing that uh, was the saddest part of that, but also the best part of the relationship was the relationship with her daughter, you know, like her right. daughter. Right. Uh, yeah, I, won't, I won't say, say that. her name. I don't want anyone yeah, to have you, a name. You, but You, you got to say that. I don't have to say, man, fuck, I love that kids. I know, I know, I know you're jesting. <laughs> no, I know, i just
2: I I love cynicism.
1: Yeah, I love that. I love that little kid so, like, with all my heart. But it, that was the only thing. But apart from that, you know, fucking nuts, man. <coughs> imagine, wow. imagine getting, like, I don't know, a dick job. Imagine getting, like, an extra inch put on. So, <laughs> so I guess you
2: haven't watched The Fix. On
1: <laughs> no, I haven't, no. I have. Uh, no, no, yeah. Yeah,
2: it is unwatchable.
1: It's unwatchable. What is The Fix? That's one of those, like The View, isn't it? One of those
2: no, chat shows? No, it's a, it's, a, it's a bizarre game show, panel show. Oh. It's very English. I mean, it's very, like, hack British Oh, but she's on it, show. is she? Yes. She's oh,
1: on she's on everything. She's on every TV show. And, and you know what? <coughs> I am genuinely happy for her success because, A, it was something that she and I worked very hard on when we were together, you know, and I put in as much time helping her and um, she, all of the talent is hers, obviously. But you know, it's helpful and supportive when you've got someone being a stay-at-home dad. And then um, she also, that money goes to her daughter. So I'm happy that she's successful. You know, I hope uh, that she's. But I also just think she's a, you know, just a cunt, just a horrendous cunt.
2: Well, that's never held anybody back in show business. No,
1: <laughs> you know, Tim Dillon put um, a tweet, which, by the way, I want, I want, I want everyone to know about this tweet because I think it's one of the funniest jokes that I've seen in a long time. And he's so vastly underrated, Tim Dillon. He should be I infinitely might, more I, successful.
2: I, I'm unfamiliar.
1: Okay, here we, here we go. We're sharing people today. So you're Actually, te- te- teaching me about some comics I have to look up. To over to um, Tim Dillon, he, uh, He. now I'm trying to find a tweet. He basically went, I know. I want to read it exactly because I think it would do it better justice. And I just retweeted it. He's such a funny guy. He's very acerbic. You know, he's very divisive in lots of ways, but he's he's clever and he's funny. Um and here it is Uh, it was very simple one of the best ways to fail across the board parentheses personally and professionally close parentheses is to be yourself you know one of the best ways to fail across the board is to be yourself uh-huh. and I think that's hilarious and I think it's also fucking so true like I think
2: it's hilarious and also what so true yeah yeah, yeah. like
1: the more that I reveal I'm, I'm dating a girl right now who I'm very much um falling in love with but I'm by being so myself, I'm constantly terrified that I'm I'm gonna fuck out. By being so like open about my feelings, I'm like, all right, just chill out, man. It's been six months, rain it in, it, or five yeah, months, man. you know, rain it back a little bit. Just chill out. And it's the same thing. That's personally, yeah. and then and also personally, when I talk to people in business very honestly about what I actually think and what I actually like to see happen or whatever, nine times out of ten, people will immediately that will go against you in your career because they'll be like, yeah, we don't want you to be honest. We want you to just smile and go, that sounds great. Yeah. That's Hollywood. Sure. I can't sure. do that fucking shit. I can't do you pretend. Think there like, are
2: people, do you think there are people who are doing that, but that's who they are? Like, it's not really a conflict? What, that, that, just being like, yeah, great. Yeah, but no, no. I, I mean, being sincerely that kind of person. That like,
1: overtly positive. That, yeah, and, and uplifting. And accept- and, and, yes, and, no, I think and, those yeah. people exist. I think they're few and far between. I think for every one person like that in Hollywood, you know there's a hundred that are going, yeah, great, cool, ah, because they just are desperate, so desperate. For I was success. having a
2: conversation with Drew Carey. Okay, and such I, a name
1: dropper. I,
2: I, oh, I, you know what? I was thinking, I, I, it's awesome because um, when me and Robin Williams were having lunch yeah, one day, Drew yeah, Carey rocks up, yeah, and then but, old but, Jerry
1: but, signed to the Fifi turns up in his new Lamborghini yeah is that a problem that's the, no 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 i'm just giving you shit i yeah. wish i I wish i wish drew Carey and i were having a conversation the other day
2: Drew is a wonderful he's a lovely guy he's yeah. a lovely guy he would have this conversation we fucking he would love it yeah we flew him into london to shoot setlist okay nice and yeah. i mean like he's he's he comes into setlist all the time which is okay. a really you know it's a ballsy and fucking yeah that's very hangout cool. thing to do he's a he's a cool guy. But he
1: loves doing standard doesn't he he loves what loves performing doesn't he still
2: yeah, he loves doing stand up. Yeah, but but um, I made a joke about him hosting The Price Is Right. you okay. know, uh, and um, and he said, "I got to tell you something." I go, it's a, "He goes, it's the greatest job in the world." He was, "It's the greatest job in the world." He said, "I do nothing all day, but make people incredibly happy." Yeah, he was. All I do is. Give people things money to and prizes. Like, yes, yeah, make their lives better. Crack it, a few give, jokes, which he can do jo-
1: with, backwards with uh, his hands, time back. You know exactly.
2: You know. And he's like, I, 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 can't think of a better way to spend you know however and I'm many hours. Pretty sure he gets there.
1: a pretty good paycheck
2: at the end of his. I'm month sure like he that. does too. Yeah. But you know, it never dawned on me that that perspective even existed. Like, yeah, oh yeah. You can really be sincerely, genuinely uplifting. That kind of, it's, kind of it's, like, uplifting it's kind of like easy to be It's kind of like Jerry Seinfeld. Like Jerry Seinfeld, you know how how. Um, but he's the, he's
1: honest, Lee honest. I exactly, think, that's what
2: I'm saying. Is that Jerry? You know, there are there are some people who say that you know Jerry um, doesn't reveal very much about himself. That mm-hmm. he's very and 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 that's true about himself. As a human being, sure. I, you know, I'm, Jerry's just he's a little a very, more of a private individual. He's and, you know. very private. He's very, you know, uh, uh, he doesn't get emotional about a lot of things, <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, um, he's uh, I'm Paul. Um, you're
1: describing the complete polar opposite of every one of my personality traits right now. So you're saying is he does everything right, which is why he's incredibly successful.
2: But that's exactly who he is. He's yeah. being 100% authentic. Do you think it's uh, all right? Well, here, and do I don't think, think it's, it's critical because I think it's it's you know I I I, I actually I going to say,
1: do you think it's possible to be that level of successful whilst also being incredibly emotionally uh, vulnerable, open, honest, talking a lot quite publicly about your private life? Does that make does that does that limit your possibilities for success? Do you think in this day and age?
2: That's a really interesting question. I don't know. That's an interesting question, because it seems to be that all oh, the personal drama seems to just catapult people professionally. These days, yeah. So I, I don't know. But, but do they have longevity? You know what? Longevity we, were talking about, we were talking about this, um, you know, getting, gaining traction and reaching certain p- points in a career, and, sure. you know, uh, or not, and all those, those kinds of things around that. Um, and I feel like, man, I dodged a bullet never getting, you know, fame, Never becoming like somebody that so many people are interested in, because that would be like, that would be hell on earth to me right well, now. First of all, you have a level
1: life. of fame; it's all sliding though. It's all, it's you know, it's all relative in terms of your fame compared to Jerry Seinfeld is going to be very different. But then, you know, you have some status; you have a public pro- uh, profile, and, and saying, you have that as a. I'm saying like you know, I'm
2: saying like if you you know, in terms of like a, a network or a studio going down casting lists, going you know. Uh, get Jamie Foxx get Jerry Seinfeld sure, sure, get sure. Larry David get Ricky Gervais get you know get Paul Provenza not happening also by the way give me Jeff Leach well, okay, not happening you, either
1: no it isn't happening no. not yet yeah. not yet that's because of time though I think uh,
2: okay whatever little puppet show you need <laughs> <laughs> you don't think I'm going to make it in America <laughs> I don't think anybody's going to make it <laughs> i do
1: i here's the thing i think i think i look at it like i go i i have started to more and more maybe this is you know i'm 35 now so it's maybe from my 30s onwards i will set myself annual goals that i think are realistic and then i look back at what i actually achieved over that year um in a very objective manner sure yeah and i look at it and i go like all right well i feel pretty good about america so far i feel like you know two years in new york getting myself established at all the best clubs and feeling great and getting management and agents, and then coming to LA and the thing I've achieved over the year, I yeah. feel pretty good about it. I think I'll have that, but um, it's going to be a different type of success than I originally envisaged for myself. Yeah, that's what my next question was going to be. Twenty-four, and I'd be handsome leading man in movies, right, right, right. and everyone would have posters of me with my shirt off in their bedroom and be jerking off over them. Now,
2: well, you're very specific.
1: Now, I mean, there's yeah. a particular demographic of big hairy gay men and stay at home (laughs) mums that's uh, fucking
2: let me tell you that's the silent majority
1: yeah oh I mean the pink pound and the mums the mums money I'll take all of that Um, but yeah there's a very specific you know group of people who like me and uh, aesthetically at least and I've realized Andy Kindler
2: Andy Kindler's joke about that I've realized my demographic is people who are me
1: there you go (laughs) (laughs) people who are me just me just me just me (laughs) Um, and then also, but but what I'm looking at is going. But I know I will have the level of success I, I wanted to achieve. But it's going to be as a, a guy in his late 30s. Right. That's all right. It'll be right. more of a Clooney story than right. it would be. But a, what do you a, define? A what
2: do you define success? As success. Uh, success is, for me oh, will be oh, to have
1: to uh, financial freedom because of this. Because of the 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 level of reverence I've achieved in my own creative career to be able to pick and choose the kind of creative projects I want to do and not have to worry about my paying my rent or looking after a family.
2: Does that have a specific number?
1: Um, Hey, I I would like to think once I own a small home and I own it outright, you know, a couple of hundred thousand dollars, buy a little place in the Valley somewhere, you know, that's, that's success, you know? And if I'm then never having to worry about how I buy food for the house or pay the bills because I'm doing enough comedy and TV and film that pays for that then i'm successful
2: Well, didn't you have that I'd, in england
1: i don't yeah i did yeah yeah yeah.
2: so that wasn't success
1: it was success yeah i had success in england but so I, now, I it's wanted, I to have, now it's just greed no no, no it was a mixture of a few things it was mental health a little bit ah. and then it was uh it was um um uh what's it called it's it's fucking insecurities that need me made me need to be validated by more people uh-huh. So it's size of, of of reach. right, right, right. Um, it wasn't enough for me to set out a 500-seat theater. But you're, but you're, ascribe, like a theater but the you're ascribing that to I a want to set out Madison Square Gardens and I want millions of people to watch my, my my stand-up specials. But that's because I'm incredibly competitive within my with myself within what I want to achieve in terms of achievements. It's not about having a private jet or a mansion. Never was, never will be. As long as I got a, a, a home, right. that so, is, I can raise a family in, I'm fucking set. But I do want to be able to, I want to be successful enough but, or revered enough that I can go, hey, that it's not a struggle." I'm writing a new hour of material that I want to tour around. Hey, can we make a tour happen? And people, I sell out, you know, whatever, 1,000, 2,000 seat theaters all over the country. And I want to be able to be successful enough as an actor where I get given scripts to read to see if I would like to play the character.
2: Do you have any sort of manifesto in your work? In terms
1: of what? Per- a personal ideology that I'm trying to... A, a
2: certain... Uh, yeah, empathy. Uh, what empathy. You, you know, what you aspire to. Empathy.
1: A... Empathy. Like, I think a lot of my material, whether it's uh, reducing an immigrant's inability to vote in the midterm elections to being the husband in cuckold pornography, hoping enough black guys show up to swing things in his favor. that Like, whether it's that joke, which is effectively a political joke framed as a, as a, a bit about sex... Uh, you know, as a metaphor. Or it's something that's a lot more personal about, you know, raising someone's child just to be told you can't see that child anymore because she doesn't biologically belong to you. Both of those stories and most of my material is about trying to get an audience to empathize with who I am by revealing so much of myself and vice versa, showing each other that it doesn't matter if you're a right wing or a left wing or black or white or gay or straight. The more you talk about your similarities, the more you empathize about a human connection.
2: And this is a conscious conscious uh, um i think that's the uh, drive of most of what base I do. note of everything that this you,
1: this podcast man this podcast you i know you listen to the neil brennan episode but I, i'm assuming you might not have listened to many others outside uh, of that couldn't, i couldn't no it's I couldn't okay it. well, yeah exactly. no i'm kidding <laughs> I, uh, no, no no but you know because i just i I'm literally you, just only you had time listen to one room. on the drive over here for instance no, or something like that. i
2: listened to it early this morning when i got oh, up okay. and had my morning coffee
1: well i appreciate that but what i was saying is if you listen to quite a few of them, you, yeah, you'll get I, a sense I'll see that, I, that as a through line. I, rev, I reveal a huge amount of myself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Myself. Well, this is
2: what we were talking about before is one of the things that I that I I tried to to do with The Green Room was... was um, uh, um, Create some authenticity. That, but that because, program but, was
1: successful because of that authenticity. I think. Uh,
2: thank you. Uh, um, that was a big, big aspect of it. It went through every decision. It went through every decision. Like when we had a uh, we were talking about a set.
1: I'm going to say just for the uh, the viewers who want to watch it, because you said it was it was about seven years ago. It stopped airing, right? Or, uh, or it yeah, started or some, airing seven some, years ago. I forget. And it was um the 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 format would be Paul almost acting like a, as a moderator, you know, but also the comedian host. But you would almost moderate, throwing some questions out about comedy, about the industry, about the relationships, about development of material and childhood issues, and, and like. actually
2: uh, very little of it was actually about you know the inside baseball of comedy. You went into all aspects of life, okay, all aspects of life, mental mental health, politics. Uh, um, so you would know, be the you be the
1: orchestrator of the of the leading and guiding the conversation, but you would Dude, have what five, this. four or five? Was it's it five, this. five every? Yeah,
2: usually, yeah, usually four or five. Pro,
1: yeah. and I'm, we're talking like the biggest comics in the world sitting around yeah it was really an honor to have
2: all these people uh i love bill burr it. when it you know
1: i mean one of the clips that was one of my favorite is bill burr you know going off about and talking about um about um that's
2: the one with, with andy kaufman on it i using, mean with um <laughs> yeah, with tony clifton on yes on it. oh yeah and when he funny. talks
1: about and he's talking about um i think he's talking about um about different words like oh, he stop being a faggot you know what i mean he's talking about that right word and, right and how he goes, well, it doesn't mean gay. It doesn't mean a gay man. It's just it's being a faggot. Like, you know,
2: and he's... It's like Carlin used to do that bit. I think he quotes the Carlin yeah, bit. like, yeah, a faggot yeah. was a guy who wouldn't go downtown and beat up queers. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly.
1: Um, but it was these very honest conversations and a lot of conflict of... of Opinions, yeah, 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 which was great to watch.
2: Thanks. Yeah, no, it was fun, and it was really like a, it was like a chemistry set. It was like a comedy chemistry set. Did anyone ever
1: um, really, really, really fall out on that program because of the conversation and the way
2: the way that it went? Um, I, I heard only recently that um, I guess I can Camille had somebody had uh, tweeted him something about. him his episode or whatever and said something about like you know what happened with you and and richard lewis okay uh and um and that's who was this richard lewis and who Kamel nanjiani okay and Kamel tweeted uh other than you know richard lewis was a dick to me it was great you know or something like that i was like oh wow he was genuinely bothered by it yeah yeah um So I actually went back and and watched the episode, and I don't know. I don't. Could I don't, you
1: tell on the rewatch that he was genuinely feeling a you know like fuck, man?
2: No, I, I actually think I actually think that um, it was one of those kinds of conversations. There was a playfulness to Richard Lewis that somehow um, Kamel took offense to, which I, I was not aware of, and I didn't really see it. Yeah. So. Um, but it was it was just fun to put shows together, like you know. Um, uh, well, you have done
1: that with you know, obviously with Green Room, with Set List, you know, and you are putting together the the movie, you know, the Arista,
2: Aristocrats.
1: Those, those, y- these are yeah. all. Do you like being um, a composer, as it were, rather than you know the lead soloist? Y-
2: yeah, here's the thing: is that I, we were kind of talking about this before. <clears throat> Uh, which uh, we've made reference to that like a million times. Everybody's going like, why didn't the fucking shut and tape before? Um, um, that's all right. That's uh, That's for the, if you become a, a patron of
1: the podcast, you may or may not. Um, you, you, so you can just hold it like, please, like somebody Mercury. give this
2: guy like 30 <laughs> bucks to get one of these. That doesn't come apart. When you just move it a little,
1: you could hold it. Like Freddie Mercury used to hold his microphone. That'd be kind of, I mean, it'd be tiring, but it would look cool as fuck. It would. Cool, you're just, right. Um, but yeah, maybe you'll get an extra da- a DLC, an extra bit of the podcast. Or maybe the whole thing was recorded. It wasn't. But it could have been, <laughs> and you don't know unless you become a patron. It wasn't. But you never know. So donate. How many
2: people listen to this?
1: Well, I mean, we've had 30, I think it's almost up to 32 or 33,000 uh, unique listeners over the course of the podcast. I would say hardcore listeners that tune into every single episode without fail, 500 to 1,000. But then people who... Um, some of the episodes have got like fifteen thousand listens, you know. So it depends on who the who the uh, guest is. I, I got to be honest, and what I gotta, the content is. You I got to be
2: honest. I stopped listening.
1: You already stopped listening. Yeah, yeah. yeah just, to me or to the episodes in general?
2: No, to you just now in this conversation. Oh, really? Yeah, I'm going right. to listen to more episodes.
1: Yeah, it's, it's pretty boring. The um, there's season. a lot of a lot of names I that I didn't fine. recognize. If I numbers. Then, um, you know, when well, it started off with a slower <laughs> gradient, but over the last three months has been have you quite an pa- exponential. Have you rise. had Paul
2: F- Paul Foot on the podcast?
1: Um, no, but I've done shows with Paul Foot. Yeah, used to do a lot of shows with him yeah, back in man. back he's in the amazing. UK. I think Paul Foot's hilarious. He's um. Did we do a TV show together? I think we might have been on on an ITV2 show together. Uh, I seem to remember him being on it with me. Yeah, fake reaction.
2: He is like he's he's a mathematician, right?
1: He's incredibly bright. Yeah? No, no, and no, I mean he like he that... taught
2: mathematics.
1: Oh, uh, I don't know that. Yeah, maths. He taught maths, did he, at school? He was a teacher. I think so. yeah. But he also has that um. I don't understand how he could be a teacher because he has that um, that ailment that mental ailment where you have trouble um, remembering people's faces so you'll know facts about things but to the point where he not he doesn't recognize you know his own mother sometimes unless he now knows you know all right well there's the reason oh, why Oh boy
2: sometimes that'd be a blessing yeah can you um, imagine
1: you didn't know some. you hated you I'm fucking sure. loathed someone but he does have he does have senses of how he feels about people but he just doesn't recognize their face as soon as i go well, that just means jeff. he goes oh jeff leach yeah comedian blah 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 my uh, you know i'm friends with him uh-huh. but but if i if i walked down the street and i sort of went paul paul and i was at a distance he'd have to wait until i get really close and he goes oh uh, leather jacket uh, skinny jeans long hair oh, it's probably jeff right, leach that's right, how i know his right, right, right. um he would yeah so he's a bit fucking mental
2: <laughs> I think yeah, all, that, but all he's, Genie he's, IR, aren't they? He's he's, he's so funny. Very he's funny, so right? funny. And it's you can he can get on these trains that go for like so long and at some point at several different points during the journey, you're like, this ain't going anywhere that yeah, feels yeah, like yeah. it's gonna
1: be worth it. And yeah. it fucking is. Yeah, and then the end is always a bit of a he's
2: you love doing, kicking
1: stuff. You're all right, be careful. Yeah. You're kicking less very expensive equipment now. Oh, <laughs> you get some water. I've got cold water in the fridge. Filtered, we're actually at an hour right now. Paul, this is normally where I'd wrap it up, but I'm gonna have to wait until you come back. Is this water? That, that is water, it's filtered, but it's uh, it's warm. That's all right. We'll just this is this is this is how we're gonna eke out this episode of the podcast a slow crash and burn, and then a little sip and a refresh nature. <laughs> and he's back in.
2: I haven't even told you about the project that I'm working on. Why
1: don't you tell me about it? Why don't we talk about your projects right now and what's going on so that. We can wrap it up on something creative about you. Okay,
2: I'm still trying to sell here in the American territory a series of set list. Okay, which uh, you know the live show you definitely, you've done it right. Never done it, man. Oh, never I asked
1: it? to come on it so many times, but you just ignored my oh, police man. request. Oh man, you
2: know what? It, it, I'm not sure if it's Matt does scheduling. it out here for you, doesn't? Yeah, it? and he he was involved with the TV production. We did 14 episodes nice. of it half hours I've never for, done it but
1: I would excel at it for British television yeah yeah
2: and they've never aired here in America they've aired in Australia okay uh, and um, so try and get some distribution really for it out here Paul Foot's on it uh, Robin Williams is on it yeah Rick Overton's oh. on it Matt Kershen, Eddie Peppertone yeah
1: never heard of any of them
2: yeah. uh, Drew Carey uh, um, Kamel Nanjiani um, what Greg, Greg Proops I oh, mean, like, he would have killed it. Yeah, uh, it's it's great. It's All great. We're really, really design, proud guys. of it. So I'm still trying to get a deal on that. Okay. And by trying to get a deal on that, what I mean is saying it here, so that on the off chance that somebody that you're, that listens to you will go, I happen to have a network. Yeah, yeah, or, yeah. I happen to, you know, be a guy at Netflix. maybe you
1: should. Well, maybe you should hit out the company that I told you about that buy and sell programs from Britain and resell them out here onto for American networks. I'll hook you Who up. Are those people. I'll put you in touch with them. Anyway, so there's that. Um,
2: So there's that. Uh, But you have a project um, right now, don't you? Yes. I'm working on another documentary that I've been working on for years.
1: Jeff Leach, The True Story.
2: Jeff Leach.
1: The True Story of Rock and Roll.
2: Ambition Unleashed. Yeah. Um, um, Yeah, no, it's... um, Sex Slave Unleashed. Are you familiar with a comedian named Andy Andrist? Andy
1: Andrist. Andy Andrist.
2: No, who's that? Andy Andrist is a comedian. Uh, he is Doug Stanhope's best friend. Okay. Basically. Um, and um, Andy with Doug's help tracked down confronted on camera Andy's childhood molester.
1: Oh fucking that's alright that's pretty full on.
2: And I am doing this movie almost all the footage was shot before I came on board. Sure. And I'm, I shot a few interviews here and there afterwards, but, um, for the most part, it's all, it's kind of like working with his his original
1: footage. Is he still around Andy? yeah okay sorry i th- thought we were around, talking. Going, like, how
2: many years is it that it takes to kind of no
1: on. sure i thought i didn't know if it was like a project you started to get when he passed away because you oh, no, no, made no, no, it no, sound no. like
2: we've got a hold of this footage now that we can i knew that he was going to do this he talked about this for for quite some time it's some some of the things he wanted to do okay and um the one that really hooked me in was kind of funny it was kind of like he goes i know where he lives and you know if i can get in the gated community but he was like he wanted to like like do like a comedy cape Fear, where he's just like, like you know, he comes out and he's on the neighbor's lawn. You know, shirtless, on a workout bench, just lifting. Hey, how you doing? You know, he's online behind him at Starbucks, and you know, he just wanted to kind of like stalk him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and then and, you realize the legal
1: implications and, of all of that, and we're like, No, yeah. it has nothing to do with that. Um, nah.
2: <laughs> it just got, it just went a lot of different ways. Okay, but um, so that hooked me in. I was like, Oh, this is a really, really funny and 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 poignant story and interesting. And and I I known Andy for a, a long, long time as well. This
1: is an he's a U.S. comic.
2: Yeah, yeah. Uh, and um, he lives in Oregon. Um, and so as I started to you know, get into this more and more and more and interview his family and what have you, this, the, the backstory to this. What's, have you got a working
1: title for it yet? Oh, I got a bunch of working titles. What about, but, um, uh, hi, comma, you touch me?
2: Um, okay, I'll put that in the hopper, sure. And it could be um, like
1: almost you think it means to touch me here, yeah. but it doesn't. It well, means- we were thinking
2: of a touching story.
1: A touching story. I like that. Right, that's cool. Right. Yeah, that's good.
2: And it really is an interesting story because it's. Here's the thing. Yeah, it's hilarious.
1: I mean, yeah. Okay. okay. I mean, I have to take your word for it. The concept of being fucking exactly. assorted as a so child. This I? It's to like, me, I
2: creatively yeah. is like com- you know climbing comedy Mount Everest.
1: Oh, it's gonna be. It's gonna draw a huge amount of press very rapidly as well. Uh, you know, and it, if it's well made, which I assume it will be, having watched other projects you've made, it's gonna be. Um, it's, it's going it's, to be engaging and very it, visceral. I,
2: I feel really, uh, I, again, I just got on the wave. I just was like, let me, I lived, I've been sitting on this footage for like five years, six yeah. years. And only in the last year or so. Uh, well, look at the and final, and Leaving
1: so, Neverland and, uh, you know, uh, Ar- the R. Kelly stories, you know, kind of the the concept of, you know, pr- right. uh, what's Except, it called uh, apprehending and, and confronting your abusers.
2: Yeah. Um, and, I hate to say um, that's a
1: genre that's popular now, but it's certainly, people want those real raw stories and they want to see that.
2: So you can see that as, as, as somebody who's like, what can I do in the art of comedy? In the yeah. world of the art of comedy, what can I do that would be a singular or approaching a singular accomplishment? And that's why I'm I don't I'm not doing that much stand up anymore these days yeah because we again this was a conversation we started before and, and it's because I f- I, at some point I felt like you know I didn't want to have to deal with that introducing myself to the audience every night sure sure you know all that sort of stuff and I'm just you know I've been around the world doing this I've had an unbelievably eclectic and bizarre set of experiences mm-hmm. doing this thing that saved my life as a kid yeah 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 you know um um and but I but for some reason, whether it's some some failing in myself or, or or some talent that I don't have or whatever the reasons are, who knows, um um i I feel like I'm not, I, I can't really be I can't have any uniqueness as a standup comic yeah I just I just feel like there's nothing I'm, I'm not gifted enough to be that person. That is going to blow me away when I was fifteen. Okay, but I mean, doing a, some I, of this I, other I stuff—I
1: disagree because I've seen you stand up and you're incredibly funny. But I also understand what you're saying that if that's how you feel about right, your material, right. then yeah, you're. But not- I
2: feel like the green room. We talked about this as well. Is I feel like the the green room. If you gave a thousand comedians the, the opportunity to do that show, you, know, you get yeah. a thousand different iterations of it.
1: Yeah, fuck yeah! I was I, so surprised it, it wasn't ongoing an ongoing project i don't understand why that wasn't wouldn't be something they could just go oh well this is a returnable format so cheap to shoot you know so easy to do i agree and just keep rolling great comics through. i agree and you
2: know back in the day which is what we're talking like seven eight years ago i think we said um uh, it really was just like a sort of high-end podcast
1: yeah 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 group group dynamic yeah
2: so, um, although there is a filmmaking aspect to it. Sure. Because we, got, we would shoot for an hour and, you know, 15 minutes. and To make a 22-minute episode. Uh, to make episode, a 28, yeah. 28 to 30-minute episode. Sure. Um, uh, so the way, again, sort of maintain the authenticity of it is like each half-hour episode is a film mm-hmm. of what i want you to know about it's like when you tell somebody a story you don't tell them every little fucking detail sure you only tell them the things they need to get the story to get the point of what you're trying to make yeah 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 and that's what i that's the way we edit it. and you added in a sex scene <laughs> yeah a bit of social you some, know social awareness some, nowadays uh, of have uh product placement there you go okay
1: like i put make a lesbian chick the lead <laughs> exactly Fuck yeah why not
2: I am a strong black lesbian woman Ah, oh,
1: I wish I was I'd kill it right now
2: unfortunately um, unfortunately, um, so, unfortunately so so your mission I'm, your mission
1: I'm not strong I've, I've got everything else down I've, I'm, I'm a very versatile actor but I, I'm not I'm just not strong so, so
2: your mission in a striving for all these different levels of success to which you aspire yeah your mission you keep in playing that, footsie with me Paul is that you yeah I'm sorry I thought I, it was the chair I
1: keep moving backwards and backwards and backwards and every time <laughs> you're intimidating. so that's a no thinking. then <laughs>
2: um, I mean it's a maybe but you're coming on a bit strong bro um, I thought you were not as weak they go I, on. I just weak, said man.
1: I'm not strong I said I'm, I'm infinitely weak
2: um, um, yeah so, so it like, sounds to me that you're a- ambition, you have like some Game of Thrones ambition here.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna play. We- I want to play a um, I want to play a uh, oh, my next one is already here. I want to play a um, a uh, You're like a hairdresser, a super villain.
2: <laughs> a super- no, I want to play a super life? villain, yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: not in life. No, no, I'm gonna play a super villain. I'm also, I'll be a hero once you know, the the something presents uh, presents itself to me. I got an offer for a five-year contract at the end of last year to play a sitcom dad, a vampire in a sitcom for Nickelodeon, but I um, we turned it down. So you know, I'm Why? getting so, I'm getting offers because uh, it was five years and everything. I wrote for five years, I had first refusal, and uh, you know, if I um, if I I couldn't be a regular in any other series, and I couldn't be on any other children's network, and, uh, I was tied in for this. It was a very restrictive contract, which would appeal to a youngster. I think it's great, but right. for me at 35, I was like, no, I don't want to be 40 and come oh. out of doing five years of that no no so um so but it's okay it's good it's good it's these are all good things if things like that are happening then you kind of but you're not the first person to say are you fucking retarded why would you turn that down you're not the first person to say that.
2: I didn't say that
1: well I know but that's what you sort of suggested um, no, you know what I've got I I've mean, got to let in you, my next you absolutely well, know bro. nothing
2: about me because it's <laughs> it's quite no, the you're, answer like, why would, is...
1: you're like why would you turn that down I'm like well I guess because it wasn't the right it wasn't the right thing that's why that's fine. Um, I I would like us to have another conversation because I have to wrap it now because I got to do I, another episode I, I know, with I, my guest who stand outside who I haven't even told. I why have a life. That do.
2: doesn't involve you. Don't you worry, my friend. <laughs> but why don't we? What's coming um, up? What why don't it? we? What's uh,
1: what's, what's uh, actually, it's Chad Zumuck is coming in.
2: I don't know who that is. Yeah,
1: he's a he's a newer comic, but he uh, he's he's got a bit of beef with Patton Oswalt online. Oh, and, I heard about. And, yeah, this. yeah, so I'm gonna. He wanted to talk about it. Um, but we're gonna wrap oh, it. So why man. don't we do a part two sometime soon?
2: uh yeah i'm 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 out of town you busy yeah you're washing yeah, your I'm hair busy, yeah, yeah. you're trimming you're busy no i'm trimming working on this dip. documentary so yeah we can do this anytime let's yeah figure it out. i'd
1: love to know and we could be great because we could touch back and see how the documentary is progressing
2: she, i think you should save the half of this blunt that that we have when done we yet. come back yes all right, i'm in yeah i'll
1: do that, yeah, that, that it might be, be a bit crispy when you have a back.
2: continuous vibe yeah
1: i like that all right but thank you so much for talking to me paul provenza Um, if people want to check out all of your stuff they can either find you online they can check out setlist they can check out the uh, aristocrats aristocrats um, his was, movie Which uh, is is, is available room. online You can check out Watch all of the episodes Of Green Room Yeah and uh, They're uh, all available movies, online now Movie's
2: coming out As soon as I uh, Get home and Oh
1: don't it. be sad Look you look annoyed About it now I'm, I'm just sad going.
2: because I was having fun I'm <laughs> still having fun as well But we're going to have more fun When you come we back And the part two You've got hear about Chad Fucking childish <laughs> beef On Twitter <laughs> go, Let's hear about A Twitter beef It
1: really is A juxtaposition And you're not wrong and I can't even argue with you I love you Paul Provenza Thank you very much mate I love you guys. See you next time.